Hi, everyone. This is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. And we're back. Hey, Alex. Hey, seems like we were just here. Well, we were about um, 26 hours ago, give or take. What day is it? It's day three of quarantine. What if we did a podcast every day? I was just going to say that. They could even be short. Like, yeah, let's do it. It'd be kind of awkward on the days that like we get in fights. Because <laughs> <laughs> we would just We've definitely here, done like, that. We've like planned to do a podcast and then we get into a fight and then it's like, okay, podcast we can't is right canceled. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just should. <laughs> just like put just headsets be fully on. transparent and be like, look. We, we're, we're not on talking terms, so it might be a little awkward. So I'm not, we're going to do a whole podcast without talking to each other. That'd be funny. That'd be really funny. Okay. Keep that in mind. Um, I sometimes think when couples are having a, like a dumbass argument and like to like, realistically, most arguments that you have are kind of dumb. No. Like not Every you. Every fight that we have is over something important. <laughs> okay. I know it feels that way in the moment, but like, you know, the microwave being dirty is not actually important. I would or the, the, t- the time you bought like a $23 book. Yeah. And then I got so mad that you were so mad that I threw it in the bathtub full of water. <laughs> I was like, it didn't oh, tell you, me. You so think- it was like after the fight, I saw it and it like, it just brought me right back into the moment and like restarted the fight. Like, oh, you think that this book is a waste of money? I'll show you. I'll show you what it actually looks like to waste money. That was like, and I was, I was like going to be like that person who like dried it out and was like, you, you read this. <laughs> you were going to read this book. I don't care if, if, if the, the letters are smeared together. <laughs> that was one. Of, that was a strong move by me. That felt really good. I mean, like, I don't have a book that I wanted to have, but I'll just buy it again later. It was worth it in the moment. That was like, that was me winning. That's what that was. I'll, gi- I'll give you that. <laughs> I won the fight. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyways, I think that... When- okay, well, wait. I need to like... The reason why I was upset she bought the book is because we had just bought an air conditioner, which like those things are expensive. So like I was already in the like anxiety... Envi- like it was just you know a lot and then like it was like the straw that broke the camel's back which the straw was the book yeah but anyway it's like but the the air conditioner it's like you have all this things like oh it's you know it's whatever it costs six thousand dollars i don't know how much it cost i think it was around that Mm -hmm. but it's like a thing you know you have to buy you like we budgeted for it we knew we were gonna get it it's like why why the anxiety at the heart of anytime money goes out of my bank account i have anxiety yeah but that's because you tell yourself a lie because like at the heart of anxiety is a lie and the lie you tell yourself about money is 
I don't have any money. I'm I've I've spent I spent three thousand dollars for my half of this air conditioner, and now I don't have any money. Okay, well, you know those fear. You know that fear. Like we get this with our clients. It's like people don't want to let up because they worry that missing once is like it's it's a snowball effect. Like if I if I take this week off tracking, then I'm gonna just turn into a person who doesn't care about their nutrition. Or if I miss a workout, that means I'm going to just become a person who misses workouts. Like I've been there. Yeah. And so with spending money, it's like, okay, I spend $3,000 so easily. Then all of a sudden I'm spending $3,000 all the time and and then I have no money. I think that's like, that's fair. And there are people who, who do spend money like that. And there are people who struggle to to exercise but then that that goes back to the like that's the argument on what like who who are you like how do you identify like the lie the fallacy in that case is not that you're going to run out of money or that you're going to stop exercising the fallacy is that you you're allowing that singular moment to impact the way that you see yourself Hmm. when the reality if you take a step back and actually objectively assess your identity and the type of person that you are you know you're the type of person who does not like just casually spend money and you know or who eats out six times a week or skips workouts like you know that that's true but in the moment you don't know that's true and that's where the anxiety comes from because you're allowing the the fallacy to impact your perception of your reality Thank you. I feel so much better. Yeah, that's profound. You can write that down. Yeah, thanks. Um, I will will take that into consideration next time you want to spend something, (laughs) buy something. Yeah. Um, But anyways, what I was going to say is that whenever couples are having like a dumbass argument, which most arguments are dumb, they they like, (laughs) this is like the best part about being in a relationship. You can start an argument over something like, you overcooked the broccoli. But in 20 minutes, that argument is like, it's about the health of your relationship. <laughs> and it's like, it's about you as a person. <laughs> it's about, are you speaking from experience? Yeah, I am. And the, the, the reason is, I've, to be fair, I've never started a fight over overcooked broccoli, potentially undercooked. Yes. Yeah. You did start a fight when I accidentally ate your broccoli. That was early I was, on. yeah, that was, I was in a high stress environment at that yeah. moment. But anyways, like understanding that's kind of the pattern of arguments in relationships, which is that you get mad over one thing and it, it literally like, cause I think to be in a relationship, you have to be, you have to, you have to be willing to kind of like glaze over some things that bug you with about the other person. Like, see, you, I don't see it that way. You have, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You have to be able to let some, you have to be able to let some things go. And again, (laughs) completely disagree. It's all about changing a person. You have to be willing to lose. You have to give up trying to change who the person is. You have to be able to swallow your pride on occasion. To me, being in a relationship is finding somebody willing to do all of those things. So you don't have to. Yeah. That's weird because if that were the case, you, you would think that after um you know three and a half how long have we been together four years four years I think four yeah 
you would have if if it were possible to train a human being you would have trained me to not buy a book right after an air conditioner yeah it's a work in progress Mm -hmm. um yeah so knowing that that's kind of the pattern of the way that adults in relationships can argue i think that a like a safe word like just something that you say like because you don't want to be like look like because i don't have the capacity in those moments to step away and be like look like i i i see how this could have annoyed you i'm sorry for that um i also feel myself spiraling and i feel like this is about to turn into something else like and i would just like to i would like to stop and i would like to to be I would like cooler heads to prevail you know I what have, i think you have done that a couple times I, and i i think i was like no <laughs> i no. don't always have the ability to do that we're getting into this right now but I right do, here right now <laughs> i do have the ability to to be like pineapples pineapples like you just need a word that that means that without you having to say it because it's really hard to to like in those moments step back and be the we'll give that a go give that a go we'll make pineapples the safe word and we'll see how my reaction is when you say it in the middle of an argument i think we have to agree on a safe like what do you want the safe word i mean i'm saying we can agree on it and i still think i will abandon this plan in the moment okay all right well we'll go with pineapples okay we'll see how it goes and we'll report back on that um speaking of shit that should have pissed me off but i'm letting it go can we maybe just talk about this haircut for the cat because that was like an abstract thing in my mind and then i just get a picture of the cat and she's had a hair augmentation she's been altered from her original state she's been her hair has been shortened in the pattern of a lion so why well when we when we go away we drop by the off at a kitty kennel we call it camp okay it's like it's a a pet resort it's a pet resort they do dogs yeah so but she has a special cat area of course with all the other cats and there are two cats there there were two cats there when we went to go pick her up last time who had had that haircut and they looked so adorable so i'm like i kind of want ivy to have that haircut so then i called around like i did some research to see like where you could get it done basically ended up just calling the pet resort and was like well who does these like who does this so she put me in touch with this woman and then i had to book the appointment it was like two weeks out so I was like, I'll book it and then I'll decide if I want to do it. Mm. And then I kind of went back and forth. But I was definitely like asking you, like, if you think I should do it. And you were like, I mean, I don't know. But then Kat, one of our coaches, said she, she had done it to her cats before mm-hmm. or one of her cats before in the past. And she was like, they're so cute. It's fine. And then as the days were approaching, I started getting kind of nervous, like, the same sort of nervous that I had when I cut my own hair off. Hmm. But then I just went for it because I was really bored because you were gone. <laughs> so uh, now Ivy is 
naked and cold and she insists on being like she used to she's always she's kind of a clingy cat but like she'll do her own thing but now it's like 100 percent of the time she has to be on you yeah which secretly not so secretly i really enjoy yeah i think it's because she's a little cold I don't know if that's the case, but... But you have to admit, it's pretty cute. Yeah, I mean, it is cute. I I don't really like seeing her butthole. Like, that's... I like long-haired cats because that area is shrouded in mystery. Um, yeah, and, until she has diarrhea and it's all over her long hair. Yeah, but that's not that frequent. That's happened three times? I think only twice. Well, it happened two times in one day. Okay, and she... But, like, are we counting the dingleberry? I'm not counting... <laughs> like multiple instances i'm counting like periods of time okay i think twice yeah she is kind of cute mm-hmm. i guess she's okay she's just like a lot i just thought there was like more there i didn't realize she was quite so small because with her hair she looks rather like chunky but she's not she's just a little tiny thing yeah you know? she's curled up in our long-haired blanket she's very slim yep svelte she's faster now I swear she is, though. Like, she is. She gets around quicker. Low speed. No. Low low drag, drag high speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's what I... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like one of those things you like see a... You know, when you see someone wearing an outfit and you're like, man, I really like that. And then you're like, I can never pull that off. It's kind of like that. But... She's doing but she okay. is pulling it off. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I think her hair I will be back in like September. Yeah, it's like three or four months. Uh-huh. Well, it'll be nice this summer when it gets hot. <clears throat> um, yeah, Kay. anyways. What are we talking about today? Well, okay. So yesterday we had this whole like our last podcast we it was supposed to be about something else and then it ended up kind of being about nothing but uh, i liked it so we were gonna circle back with that topic and that topic is um kind of the establishment of expectations um like across the board with with performance with aesthetics with weight loss with health like with any kind of uh change i guess improvement um and kind of where people get that mixed up so you know i've been doing a lot of reading kind of more on the performance side of things um just about sport and specifically a little more about running because running is a a sport that a lot of people start at a pretty young age and uh i was listening yeah well, uh, there are a lot of young runners. Oh, okay. And there so, are also a lot of older runners. Well, I know. But um, so I was listening to, I have a, a friend from high school and I've kind of just followed her throughout her career and she was really, really good. Um, she ran at UNC Chapel Hill, Team USA, um, went to the Olympic trials a few times and I think has been like trail runner of the year three times. Her name's Addie Bracey. And so she's kind of a, she has a master's in sports psychology and she does um you know sports psychology counseling as a career and she's been on some podcasts so she was kind of talking about you see this in running a lot especially with younger girls you know because um girls don't really you know sometimes don't really start developing until they're like 12 or 13 so you know sometimes you get you get girls who run when they're 9 10 11 
and they're quick, right? And then their body starts to change. They're going through puberty. All these changes happen, and now they're running slower. And so you kind of have to, as a coach, I guess, really manage that period of time because it does tend to be temporary. But, you know, they're, they're using, you know, they have expectations of themselves based on what they were doing two years ago. Um, but it's not really fair to use that period of time and those performances as a reference point for their capability right now because so much has changed. It'll probably take a few years to get that back. And that's kind of, you see that in sport a lot. And she was even saying, like Addie, she was like, I can't, uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to run a marathon and be happy with my effort if, if the only thing I compared it to was when I was running marathons in the Olympic trials. She's like, I'd never do it. I should like, I would never, I would actually never go out and run if all I was doing was comparing my times and my splits and my paces to what I used to be able to do when I was, you know, I was doing Olympic running. And I think that's like, that's where people get really mixed up in sport is, um, you know, they, they set expectations for themselves based on either what they used to be able to do based on what they think other people can do, which is like kind of the worst reference point I think to use is what you think someone else is capable of because you don't actually know, especially using social media as that like an indicator of what people are doing. Um, and I think this year has been kind of particularly bad for that because the entire sport of CrossFit, but probably other, you know, other sports too. A lot of like, you know, a lot of races went virtual, triathlons went virtual. Like CrossFit isn't the only sport that pivoted online for the season. I kind of forget that. But because of that, there's just all this focus on people's Instagram and, you know, what, what they're logging for workouts and what they're putting out there. You're only seeing what they're putting out there. It's a big assumption to make that that's even true. But more importantly, you're not seeing what they're not putting out there but you do see what you don't put out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. You get down with that. Yeah. Idea. I've fallen into that trap. I've every day almost. Yeah. Cause like, I, of course I'm active on Instagram. I follow all those CrossFit games athletes. I follow my friends, like even, even our coach Lindsay, like we have a pretty competitive relationship. Like we're pretty t close on a lot of workouts. And so when I open Instagram and I see her doing, you know, 30 muscle ups for time and, whatever her time was in her recent Instagram post three something. I'm like, God damn it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suck. I don't think I could do that. I don't know. I've never done that workout. Yeah. I'm like, that's really good. And it just makes me feel like, okay, well she's better than me. Like I'm sure she's struggling in other areas. Mm -hmm. Like not to make, I don't want to put somebody else down to make myself feel better. Yeah. Like you just don't get the whole picture. And like, who cares what she can do? 30 months like maybe if I use that information to like better myself I'm like hey actually I want to focus on mu muscle ups and like see if I can get close to that time yeah I um, think that's like if you can use that to like as a source of like personal curiosity mm -hmm. then for sure like, and mot use it as like a, a yeah like motivation to yeah if it makes you focus on what you might be able to do instead of what you think you can't do but that's a hard like that's a hard mental shift to make I think yeah and a lot of people um, but it's, yeah, like then again, like I talked about this yesterday, so I'm not going to harp on it, but you know, last year for me, I think I was still super attached to the way I was in like 2017, 2018 performance wise when, and like that just, it made it impossible to actually enjoy what I was doing. Like I was still doing it because I felt like I should be doing it. 
but I hated it. And it's because every day I would go into the gym and whether it was true or not, and this is kind of the crazy thing about, about this, this psychology. And when you get into this sort of, um, mental space, it's like, you could actually go in the gym and have a really good day. And the numbers will show you that like, you might actually do better on a workout than you would have two or three years ago, but you don't see it. Like you don't feel that way. You just assume that like 2017 you 18, you would have, would have done a better job. And so you don't even allow yourself to feel like success or enjoy that day or recognize that like you are still making progress in different areas. Um, and it's, it's really difficult to get yourself out of that. And I think it's like, at like kind of coming to terms with why it is like, why do you do what you do? Um, is helpful. Like, I I didn't start CrossFit to go to the CrossFit Games. That was never the goal. Like I started it because I love that type of training methodology. And it's interesting. And every day is different. And like it makes my body feel good. And it makes me like fitter. And I know it does. And so like sort of going back to the basics for a little while. Removing attachment to outcome or personal expectation. Another thing, like no one expected anything of me. I thought people expected, you know, and partially that's because a lot of people, you know, you do get asked like, oh, are you going to, are you going to try to make it back to the game? So you competing, like you do feel a little bit of pressure, but I don't think anyone has an expectation. Yeah. I I think it more comes from like, um, a place of support. Yeah. But you interpret that as pressure. Like, oh, they're not, they're only going to support me if I like am an elite at an elite level. Yeah. When, um, when we were on Savan's <laughs> podcast and he was like, Alex, are you going to try to qualify for the games? And I was like, I mean, I'll see, like, I'm, I'm doing my best with everything I have going on. Um, my ultimate goal is like, obviously like it would be sweet to qualify for the games, but like first I have to qualify for semis and like. Every, you know, you guys all kind of rolled your eyes like, oh, she's just being modest, blah, blah, blah. And like, and then sure enough, I don't qualify for semis. Mm-hmm. And like, I thought of that. I was like, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure Savan didn't even notice. And if he did, he was like, oh, too bad. Like, he doesn't actually care. No. Like, in my head, I was like, God, that's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, like people think I'm good and then I don't even. But then it's like, who cares? No one. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but like, not really. Yeah. Sometimes I think my clients care, but then, then I'm like, Hey, like, I, sorry, I, I miss, I miss kept check-ins on Friday. I was doing, I was doing quarterfinals and they're like quarterfinals for what? <laughs> I know. Right. That's like, Oh, okay. That actually makes you feel better. <laughs> like, okay. Like I kind of feel silly that, you know, yeah, they are keeping up when they've got their own lives. and their own things to- <laughs> Great Canadian bake-off. Of course. What else? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's so funny. That's so good. It for sure happened. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my back's really sore from that workout. Like the open workout. Assuming people know. But it's like, like, oh, did you do a, like, did you do a bunch of deadlifts or what'd you do? Like, yeah. oh, nothing. No one cares. I, th- I always find it refreshing when I get to like talk to people who don't know about CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, we don't have to talk about the CrossFit season. Yeah. That's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, so you, I, you, you get, this is 
we're talking more on like people who are competing at an elite level like us or used to but we hear this all the time from people who are doing it um recreationally crossfit is one of those things and this is why i love it so much is it's measurable so you're doing workouts you're repeating workouts um and you can compare times old times times against like other people it doesn't matter what level you're at like you go to a gym or you do an online blog programming or you're you know part of you know the opt community where you have multiple testers that everyone's kind of done it's very easy to compare yourself and you know we get people who are like they go to crossfit four or five times a week and they just do the class workouts and you hear like oh i only snatched this it was my max snatch day and i only pr'd by five pounds or i can only snatch 145 it's like I feel like I should be able to snatch like 170 by hmm. now. It's like, oh, you feel like you should be able to snatch 170. Why is that? Okay. And like, they don't like, oh, well, it's because I go to CrossFit four or five times a week. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, wh- why? Like, what is, like, do you, do you do any dedicated work with strength or Olympic lifting? But like, why is that, that why is, like, where do you get that number from? Even? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, I feel like I should be able to snatch 200 or my body weight by now. It's like, based on what? Oh, so-and-so at the gym can do it. Or, you know, it's like, you PR'd. Like, you know, take yeah, it, it is, for what it is. Yeah. You've got, like, yeah, you could you could dedicate your life to being, becoming a better Olympic lifter. But, like, you're a 45-year-old dad who has a <laughs> day job. Like, yeah, take your wins. What are you doing? In, what are you doing in CrossFit? Like, you're just doing it to feel good, to look good. To com- you know, yeah. the comparison, of course, is valuable, again, to motivate you. Um, and that's why I always tell people I like, do CrossFit because you can actually see improvements and it's just great. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people don't understand the difference between potential and capacity. So I think like there are some people who look at themselves and they see what they, they see their potential. They see that like they could do something but they don't understand that what they're interpreting that as is capacity so capacity is is having potential and also meeting that potential or moving towards meeting that potential like i could i have the capacity to to or the the potential to run a 330 marathon or 320 marathon i don't have the capacity to do it not right now capacity meaning just time yeah like there would have to be so much effort put in that area to build capacity in it like the like your potential as a human being is like it's not i'm not gonna say limitless especially not get like as an adult but like you can do a lot of things but like your capacity is limited by what you have time for Mm -hmm. and what you're willing to do with like with your effort and so it's hard like when you see other people who are doing the things that you know that you are capable of, but don't have the capacity to do and thinking like, well, if they can't do it, if they can do it, why can't I do it? And I'm like, well, this person doesn't have a full-time job. They don't have kids. They sleep 10 hours a night. Like, yes, they're 45 years old. So are you, but like what their life is completely different. It mm-hmm. is like, it's so unfair to use other people as, you know, a reference point for, Maybe they're more athletic. 
Yeah, maybe there's so just many better. different things. Speaking of, so I remember not speaking of being athletic. Speaking of like I should have or could have or you know, um, this was a lesson I learned when I was very young. I was I used to play competitive golf. My grandpa was a big golfer and. Both my parents kind of played sports specifically. Like my dad played at a pretty high level, not golf, other things. But I remember finishing golf, golf games, golf tournaments, and and thinking like, man, I could have shot a seventy six if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have that double, or if I didn't hit it out of bounds on hole ten, or if whatever, you know, yeah, I could have, I could have shot this. I could have, it would have been this. Like, oh, I should have just made that putt. And I think probably it was my grandpa who was like shoulda woulda coulda like Mm -hmm. don't don't look back and be like you didn't shoot 74 you didn't Mm -hmm. shoot 76 you didn't shoot nine whatever the score i thought you know would have been a good score had i not made a mistake that's like that's part of it like you your potential is only as like you're only as good as you are on a specific day just because you could have done something doesn't mean you should have if that makes sense yeah it's like oh i could have done better in this workout had i not tripped on my double unders Oh, times. I could have, I, like, I could have stuck to my macros if not for this. It's like, well, you didn't. So what are we going to do moving forward? Like, are you going to go to the range and practice mm-hmm. and try so that next time you don't hit it out of bounds and then you can, you know, break 80 or whatever the number is. Okay. Are we going to figure out how you can meal prep for this week so that you don't end up in the same place at the end of this week that you did last week? Yeah. Like stop looking at your potential and start looking at what you're capable of doing. What are the actionable items yeah. here? Like maybe, like maybe prepping like all of your meals for the week is not something that you have the capacity to do, but maybe like prepping lunch for the first half of the week is. Mm-hmm. So let's just do that. Is it, is it 100% what you want to do? No. Like, is it definitely, is it going to get you where you want to go like quickly? No, but it's like a hell of a lot better than trying to do something 100% and then getting frustrated and like doing something 0% the rest of the time. Yeah. And it's like, at least then you can experience progress and success. And like, it's sort of, it, it takes you out of that failure mindset and says like, you know, I'm winning, even if what I'm winning at and what I'm making progress doing is like, is less than what I set out to do initially. Yeah. You can build on that. Um, nutrition is one of those things. It seems easy. Like it really does. Like I should be able to do this it's I just have to eat healthy I just have to make healthy choices I need to meal prep blah 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 what people don't understand is like for somebody who's never done that who's never meal prepped who's never even thought about like what is a clean food what is a macro that's kind of a lot to ask of somebody like they have to change up their whole sometimes their whole like routine their habits um some people need to like learn how to cook shop like it's some people go to the grocery store without a list even that is like okay we need to learn how to do that but when somebody walks into a crowd and they expect to just be able to do it all in right away and it's kind of like we give people macros we give people instructions and then they're like well wait like this is too hard mm-hmm. it's like okay that's totally fine let's back it up and focus on this but you need to have that conversation some people i think get into that problem and they're like it's too hard i can't do it that happens in nutrition, but then you take sport and it does happen to some degree. Somebody walks into a CrossFit gym having never worked out or they, they've gone for jogs or runs and they're not going to be like, oh yeah, I, I should be able to do all that and snatch that 
or be able to like snatch and then all of a sudden I'll you know I'll look like I can snatch 200 pounds and be able to snatch 200 pounds like from nothing it seems like they can wrap their head around the fact that like first they need to like they'll listen to the coach who's like okay first we need to do the air squat yeah like now like now this is a barbell like put it over your head and squat like that and see how that feels oh like we have to learn it okay let's switch to a front okay like you can't squat below parallel like we need to back things up yeah um and yeah some people quit and they're like it's too hard i don't want to do this fair enough but like no one's getting pissed off that they can't do butterfly pull-ups and they're not standing there being like i should be able to do this like says who yeah like why not if you eventually want to do butterfly pull-ups it might take you six months but like let's start here and build on that very hard to convince people in nutrition I think it's because everybody eats and they know they eat. So like, well, it can't be that hard. It's something that I do every day. Mm-hmm. I just have to completely overhaul it. Like what's so <laughs> difficult about that? But they put eating, they're like, it's, it's as basic as walking, as breathing. It's mm-hmm. something that you do. So like, you know, just, I have the, obviously the capacity to eat. So then I also have the capacity to eat in this new way. But we know from like what we've discussed in the past, how difficult it is because of the food environment that we live in, all the fun tricks that your brain wants to play on you and you start modifying what goes into your body and like the way that we emotionally attach to food. And so, well, not to mention the fact that we are eating the entire day. Mm-hmm. So everything that else in your life is impacting your eating like whether you're at work, your entire environment impacts your who you're with, yeah. whether you're taking care of kids, how you slept, hunger cute. Like there's so many factors. When you walk into a gym, you're there for an hour to work out. You and can focus gonna, on like, that. Like go home and be it's done be with over. It. And maybe you eat your face off. That's so there is a pretty do. big, I think people just need to like, it's, I will, I will admit when I started nutrition coaching, I struggled with this. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was so hard. I was like, what's so hard about it? Hmm. Actually, I was like, it's not that hard. I think I probably told clients that like, what are you doing? Like, get it together. It's just food. It's just prepare your food, log it into your app and then eat it. (laughs) But then I started reading like, you know, behavior change books. Um, that one that I've talked about before motivational interviewing, I think they start out the book that in the book that they say like nutrition seems easy on the surface, but it's very much like figure skating. Like somebody can walk onto the ice. Who's a figure skater and do twists and turns and jumps like breathing. It's so easy for them. But if you've never skated before, like, you're going to need it. Like you a, can look at that person whose figures going to be like, wow, that looks actually looks easy enough. I could do that. But then you, you get on the ice, you put skates on. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And I think, well, that obviously that metaphor really hit home and then just dealing with people like more experience. I was like, okay, this is actually like hard. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta back it up. I need to, I need to adjust my expectations of people and figure out how best I can help them take small baby steps. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, we, we definitely get people I know I have who come in and it's just aces from day one. Yeah. And so it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And they just like, all they really need to be done, like need to be told is what to do and a little bit of why. And they're like, okay, got it. And like, it's, it's just, it's, it's not even perfection. It's just consistency from day one. And you know, they chip away at it. And I think it's like, 
while I, I love those people and I, I obviously like I love working with those people it's very rewarding uh those people make it really hard for everybody else because imagine you're someone who you know wants to lose weight or improve their performance or improve their body composition or whatever just like fix their like their diet and they have this friend who's like oh you know what like I worked with these I worked with these guys at tactic they did awesome like you know I I lost 20 pounds I you know gained a bunch of muscle my gym performance improved it was great I was with them for six months and their person's like sweet yeah I mean like you look awesome I really want to do that and so you know this person coming in on the recommendation of their friend signs up with us and they can't get it together for one reason or the other. So they're, they're looking at their friend and they're like, well, how is this possible that this person, you know, is doing the same, same air quotes, cause it's not the same. They're doing the same thing that I'm doing. And you know, they, they made all this progress in six months and I haven't made any progress in two. And I think it's, it's hard because there's a bit of a, I call it a shakeout period with people. And sometimes that shakeout period is one week, if you're a guy, sometimes it can be really short one week, usually for women, a really short shakeout period where you're kind of figuring out where they are is two to three weeks. Sometimes it's two months. And that, that period of time is like sort of getting a handle on, you know, normal eating patterns. What, you know, like, what is a good intake? Like, let's take the pressure off a calorie deficit and specific macros and just build some good habits um, sometimes it takes a lot of time and it can be frustrating if you have the expectation that in two months you should be, you know, down 10 pounds, 15 pounds, but instead you've lost maybe one pound and you're still struggling every single day to like, to build these habits that need to be in place to see long-term progress. Cause that's the thing, right? When you're with a company like us, um, you know, or, or practitioners who are like us, we're not going to sacrifice the, the long-term goal for short-term gratification. Like we have a way of doing things and it's a specific way and it's slow, but it means at the end of, you know, six months, a year, like you're very well on your way or like hopefully, right. Stick around and at least make progress towards some of this stuff. Like you're very well on your way to, making lasting changes, not changes that are going to reverse. And I think that there are some coaches out there who they understand where their business comes from. They want to make the, the client happy. So they're like, all right, um, let's just make some drastic changes. Let's tank your calories. Like anyone can lose weight on 800 calories a day, but you can't eat 800 calories a day for a year. So it's like, like getting people to understand that and adjust their expectations of the process and find new things to focus on is like super important. But sometimes yeah. people just like, they get so stuck on one singular metric of progress instead of like, you know, at the end of a week, if I have a really great week with someone and you know, it's maybe finally they've prepped all of their lunches, they've at least planned all of their dinners, like they're eating breakfast, like they're, they're doing, like, are they perfect meals? No, but it's like, it's a big step in the right direction. That feel like to me, I'm like, yes, this was a great week. 
And then they get to the end of the week. Like, hey, how's your week? Like, you've done great with the meal prep. And they're like, well, I didn't lose any weight. And all of that work, it's just like gone. All because of like people have, have, they struggle to see like what they did well this week. Like all of that is a race because they didn't see like, you know, they didn't see the scale move. And it's like, well, why would I put in all that effort on meal prepping if the scale is not even going to move? I'm like, it's been a week. It's been a week. And I, I think that's really common, especially with people who are seeking out weight loss or like body composition change because of the way that success stories are presented in media sources. Mm -hmm. There are moments with certain clients where I'm like, it would be so easy if I could just give them a meal plan. Mm -hmm. Like that would be so easy for me and for them. But instead, because a meal plan is not going to get them anywhere, are they going to eat this, this, this exact meal plan for the rest of their life? Never learn how to actually like do anything, plan meals, hit macros, eat like appropriately. Like what happens if they need to like go on vacation and they, you know, yeah, they can't prepare this food. So no, it's like, we're going to take the time, talk about breakfast. What do you like to eat? How can we make that work? Like, here's a list of protein sources. Which one do you want to like maybe try to add in at breakfast? Yeah. Two days later, how did that go? How was it eating cottage cheese at breakfast? It's actually good. I think I'm going to keep that. Or, hey, let's let's try to implement, like, a banana at breakfast. Okay, let's do that. I didn't like the banana. Okay, let's switch it up. Like, that's how simple it is sometimes. Yeah. And, like, you just guide people and you bounce, you let people, like, bounce ideas off of you and stuff like that. Yeah. But it is, it is difficult sometimes. I'm like, you know what? Let's just fast. Fast for two <laughs> days so that you can see the scale move because you know, that's all they want to see. Yeah. It's, it's tough. You, you have to convince them. You have to do a lot of work convincing them that that is not like the long game is a long game. And that's the game. The only game there is really in health and nutrition. Yeah. I think it's, you know, expectations generally are like, you know, it's an inappropriate attachment to like, to things, people or outcomes that you you wish you had control over but you don't yeah and like the attachment to outcome is a it's a funny one to me because like your your outcome depends 100 percent on your commitment to the process and that's that's the same for any goal that's the same for a performance goal that's the same for a health goal weight loss goal body recomposition goal that's 100 percent the case always and you know, people get really attached to what they want and what they want the outcome to be, but they're not even like close to being as, as attached to what, what is going to get them there. What are you going to do? What needs to be done? Um, that's a funny one to me. And like there, it's so frustrating to have expectations like that. And I've been there. I mean, you have for sure. I think everybody has, at some point gotten very attached to the idea of something, the idea of an outcome, the idea of an experience, but is you're not as, as committed to like the, the process and the work that it takes to get there. So if people would, would have expectations and commit to the effort 
and let go of the outcome, you'd be like way more likely to get the outcome. Mm-hmm. And like, and then some, like you might be selling yourself short and not even realizing it. That's the problem with goals. Like what if you can actually achieve way more than you thought you could achieve and like you're sort of self-handicapping and limiting simply by putting an outcome in place? Yeah. It's an interesting thought. One thing that I was thinking about a lot the last couple of weeks is, so um, changing your body, especially your body composition. Like there's, there's just weight loss, which is like losing preferably fat. Your the your scale drops the weight on the like you're just your body weight decreases. Um, and we did a uh, we did a post on this, and then there's leaning out, which can mean fat loss and weight loss, but it can also mean in some circumstances weight gain or weight maintenance, where you're basically just increasing muscle mass and decreasing fat mass, leading to a different body composition. So you have somebody who's 130 pounds who looks completely different than another person who looks 130 pounds. That is a difference in body composition. We get a lot of people who want to lean out, um, mm. who, who don't have really weight to lose. Like you can still lose weight, but it's not going to actually change their body composition. So somebody who doesn't have any muscle mass can go from 130 pounds to 115 pounds and really look exactly the same. Yeah. Like they, they look the same. They're just kind of a smaller version. They're, fat mass is about the same they probably lose a little bit more muscle or whatever muscle they have is you know because they're not training properly so we get clients who come to us and there's not a lot of people but um, they're totally committed to changing their nutrition and they're under the impression that if they change their nutrition and they eat more protein or they eat they change their meal timing don't eat fat around workouts um, add some supplements in track their macros, all these things, all these little things, increase food quality that they're going to change their body composition, but they don't want to change their fitness routine or commit to lifting weights or going to the gym for longer, different times. Um, so we hear a lot, we get a lot like, I want to, um, I want to look like I, I work out and eat healthy. Um, and to me, I'm like, okay, I, I, I kind of th- think I know what you're getting at here, but you're not, some people, they just need to keep doing what they're doing to get there. Some, it just takes time. Some people just aren't doing what they need to do to get there. So they expect, I think, to look like somebody who can snatch, I don't even do Fran in sub three minutes or snatch their body weight. Or yeah. run run 5K in 23 minutes or sub 20 even. And do all these things. They want to look like they can do that without actually being able to do that. So they're, they're doing Peloton or yoga or lifting weights in their garage, like light weights in their garage or doing, you know, certain workout routines that don't actually lead to muscle, like, growth or strength improvements but expect to look like they a person who can do all this other stuff like where does that expectation come from well i think it comes from like (laughs) the media again yeah because you you do have all the in this like this exists is starting to exist in the crossfit space too but 
certainly in the past, um, you have, uh, you know, you have people like Jillian Michaels who, um, you know, they're, they're selling fitness programs that are very lightweight, body weight, perhaps definitely no barbells. And so the, the easy connection to make is like, Oh, well, Jillian Michaels looks like this, this program must also like this, this program must be what I need to do to look like Jillian Michaels. But like Jillian Michaels is doing strength and conditioning. Like, don't get it twisted. She's not doing equipment-free at-home workouts and looking like that. She's, Sorry. She touches a barbell a lot. And that's, a, like, that's a lot of these, like, sort of light equipment. Like, that's, you know, they might not, they might not explicitly say this is, oh, I do my program to look this way, but it's implied. And so I think that's kind of where the mix-up comes. And Or they have, the, some of these people might have a, um, a history doing a completely different style of training crossfit which leads to or powerlifting, which leads to a lot of muscle growth strength growth improvements and tra- transition into more of a, a lighter bodybuilding lower intensity type workout yeah so like yeah they have the the muscle mass from before and they're just maintaining it yes they haven't built up from zero using 10 pound dumbbells Mm -hmm. like yes you work out but like are you doing the right things maybe not yeah like are you like like people who look people who look like crossfit games athletes look like crossfit games athletes because they train a ton and they've been training for 10 years yeah they don't look like crossfit games athletes because they work hard in the gym like they do something that feels hard and they eat healthy it doesn't work like that. You have to you have to take a really critical look at what you're doing. Yeah. And be like, is this going to get me there? Ask somebody. Be like, is this going to get me there? If not, change it up. Like if you many... don't want to do CrossFit or you don't want to power lift or do compound movements or train at a high intensity, then that's fine. But don't hire a nutrition coach and expect them to get you magical results because you're tracking macros all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah like, of course. You can make improvements through diet. Absolutely. That whole thing, like abs are made in the kitchen, false. <laughs> false. Like, well, it's, it's definitely abs are made in the gym. They're revealed in the kitchen. Yes. That's how that goes. Yeah. But I've seen plenty of people who eat, who they eat super clean. But if they don't have abs. Yeah. I'm like, you don't have the prerequisite raw materials to have what you're, what you're going for. And that's like, that's fine. It's a difficult mm-hmm. conversation to have, but it's like, you know, when you, you ask someone, it's like, Hey, like, what is your training like? And they're like, well, you know, I do resist, I do lightweights. I do resistance training. Um, you know, hit whatever. And it's like, okay, well, how many times a week do you train at or near like approaching failure where you can no longer move a weight? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And it's like, all right, never mind. You answered my question. Yeah. And it's, it's nothing against them. No, it's not, but it's people to understand how to, like what it means to progressively overload, like with regards to strength training, like what, what do you actually have to do? What kind of stimulus do you have to provide for your body to be like, you know what? I should probably put on some muscle because that's what's going on, right? Like muscle is, is very metabolically costly to build. Like your body does not want muscle. It wants like a minimum amount. We as humans did not evolve to have massive amounts of muscle. 
like our ancestors were not back squatting they weren't and so like the reason for that is muscle mass like it requires calories to maintain it requires calories to build requires calories to maintain like it is not evolutionary evolutionarily beneficial to walk around with a lot of muscle mass so that means you have to like you have to provide a stimulus that's so great that your body overrides the systems that it has in place to keep your lean body mass low, especially as a female and say, you know what, in order for us to be safe, I need to put on muscle. Cause that's what it's doing. Muscle building is, is your body. It's an evolutionary re- response to prevent you from breaking your bones. That's it. But like, that's not just going to happen because you're doing some 10 pound bicep curls. Yeah. It's just not. Um, like Carrie, okay. Like for example, Carrie Pierce did not get abs by doing her ab program. I know. Don't it's, even get me started that on is the 30 just, day abs I'm programs. like, okay, really 30, 30 day abs. Like, I love that. I love people coming to us. I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going to change my nutrition. I want to have abs. I'm like, okay, so you, you should do that ab program. You should definitely do nutrition because that's definitely king but you also to get abs you also have to do 30 toes to bar and broken so do whatever you need to do to get there yeah oh and you also have to like overhead squat 200 pounds like all these things that actually make a six like all the exercises that actually build a six pack that gets you to those results and by the way like it's possible you still might not have abs after that yeah because of your genetics yeah but who cares like, yeah, everybody wants abs. I get that. And I'm sitting here talking like I have abs. So I'm sure people are like, what an insensitive bitch. But <laughs> there are so many things that you're doing in your pursuit to get abs. Like just the process, like eating healthy, training hard, doing core exercises that protect your back. All of these things offer so many other benefits besides an actual six pack that you you reveal on the beach. Yeah. <clears throat> well, not to mention like people who do CrossFit and want abs like it's not even a good training methodology for that like um you're like when if you're also if you're chasing performance like yeah i want you know i want to perform well in the gym i want to like qualify for quarterfinals or maybe like eventually a semi-final event like that's sweet that's a really good goal um as soon as you start as soon as you start prioritizing your abs you got to let that goal go because aesthetics and performance at least like from a leanness perspective especially for females they are at odds Mm -hmm. because like this type of training high intensity training but definitely like elite crossfit training it like it jacks up so many systems in the body like your your stress hormones are just they're through the roof like that's gonna make that's gonna make you bloat that creates inflammation it like for a lot of people not even just women just people in general cortisone encourages the storage of like of belly fat and um you know your sleeping is probably not awesome your recovery is the bare minimum of what it has to be to not get injured like it it's and on top of that you're not even doing specific movements and training that like encourages aesthetic development but nobody gives a shit about that they're like no i just want Tia has abs. Alex Parker has abs. Okay, so then what's the alternative? Because, like, <laughs> if you can't do CrossFit, 
because it creates too much stress, but you also can't do 30 day abs. What do you do? A lower, like lower volume, lower intensity strength and conditioning program. Just not like you're not doing a wad. No. Crushing yourself doing, every single day. You're not burying yourself in the gym every yeah. day. You're not there for so six So you're still hours. doing, you can still do CrossFit. It just has to be a little bit more, like just go to a good gym. Yeah. Or find somebody who's a good or programmer. Or individualized programming. Yeah. That's, that's actually like intelligently designed. Yeah. Like showing up to the gym country. and doing like a hundred and... 20 toes to bar when like <clears throat> you can't do toes to bar it's like okay why are you here you i remember know? Um, like you can scale it of course but at the same time it's like well why not just do something with 40 <laughs> toes to bar in a workout something that's yeah. actually manageable where it's like you're you're able to work on toes to bar it's for designed for you or it's a little bit more appropriate i don't know I remember, it's not going to crush your abs and give you rhabdo or like not allow you to train yeah. for three days there was always a group of people at the, at my old gym and it, it was like clockwork every april march april spring early spring would roll around and all of a sudden you just see people like kind of hanging out on the ghds and it's like what is, you know and they're they're just doing ghd sit-ups every single day like 50 ghd sit-ups 100 well it gives me, gives me a headache just thinking about and it it's like what are you doing but they like I'm like that's not how you do it that's gonna like torch your back is what that's gonna do and like the fact that they were back every year doing the same bullshit i'm like why like why would you not just maybe figure out a different approach because this one isn't working yeah so i guess i guess to summarize there there are different paths to achieving the same goal depending on who you are and where you're at but take a good hard look at what you're actually doing. It might seem like hard or hard enough um, to you, but like you have to look critically at it. And before you say what I'm doing should be yielding these results without any idea of like whether or not that's a, a valid statement yeah. or a valid expectation. Like there are a ton of people who are doing all of the right things and it's just going to take time. And it's like, okay, you are doing awesome. Let's just stay here and keep going. Yeah. But there are some people and like I tell my clients this, I'm like, let me see your programming. Like this is not good programming. <laughs> or like, okay, is this, is this what you're willing to do? And they're like, this is all I want to do. And I'm like, okay, cool. Just so you know, like this isn't really going to like build a ton of muscle. It's like, okay, let's adjust your expectations. Yeah. Um, but it's the people who continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, which is like a result that's just, to be frank, unattainable based on what you're doing. Yep. So I, I don't want to be negative here. It's just, we're just trying to be realistic. And like, we wanted to get this podcast out because we do hear, oh, I, I should, I should, I should, or I feel like this, I feel like I should be that. I, at this point, you know, it's been three months. Why don't I all of these statements and the answer is like because you're who you are and you're doing what you're doing yeah you're different than joe schmo you're different than your friend who's doing this it's like as long as you're making like small sustainable changes in your day-to-day -day life that are going to continue to move you down that path like that's good that's better than than you know doing something extreme and then the next year having to doing having to do the same extreme shit 
because it worked the first time like it didn't work the first time yeah i think part of that goes to having a, a somebody you trust so if somebody doesn't trust me then that's fair they don't trust that i i'm actually going to try to get them to their results and i'm knowledgeable enough to get them there if they don't trust that then they should certainly find somebody else that they trust yeah or do what they think is best but to sit there and argue with me and say like i'm doing everything that you're telling me to do or in nutrition and i'm still not looking like this well um maybe like there's another piece of the puzzle yeah so yeah it's just check your expectations i guess and yeah stop comparing yourself to your old self or somebody else i love the uh i love when people complain about getting old they're like oh you know i'm you know I'm bo- I, they get bummed out they're not able to do the things or they don't look the way they did five years ago i'm like you are as young as you are ever going to be right now when does it like okay at what point i guess it depends that's always the answer at what point do your expectations have to be like, okay, I just need to maintain? I think that happens. Oh, for sure. Like, and not to, to take a shot at my mom or my dad. They're like, my mom's 62, my dad's 70. And like for them, and they know it, they're like, I got to maintain. Like I gotta, <laughs> my mom, like I got to maintain this muscle. And she works her ass off. Like tracks her food every day, works out six days a week, very hard, like high intensity, has a coach. And she's like, she's not expecting to like get abs or tone her arms or change her body. She's like, I want to keep my body where it's at yeah, for but- as long as possible. Cause like it is moving in a direction that like, if I stop, then like, yeah, like, and I'm sure like you probably feel some kind of way when like gravity really starts <laughs> to take hold. Like I'm not quite there yet. I have like eye wrinkles, but like so far gravity hasn't taken my face. And so... And I feel like that's going to be the first to go because I got small boobies. But um, yeah, I'm sure like you, um, when you look in the mirror, you can't look in the mirror and be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't see myself or I, you know, I, I wish I looked five years younger because you're like, you're not gonna, you're not going to, but like, it's a privilege to wake up every day and be able to look into a mirror. Like, you gotta, you gotta roll with what you got. And like, if you take the, the stands like your mom, where you don't have any expectations, like imagine how good it actually feels to, to make progress in the gym and PR something, really surprise yourself with what you're able to do. Like you can celebrate that versus being like, well, you know, it is, you know, it's great. But what if I had done, what if I had started this like 10 years ago? I hear that a lot. If I'd be, if I had just started this 10 years ago, like what? what is the point yeah. of, of, of saying that? What is the point of even putting that into the universe? Because that's not your reality. Totally. It was never your reality. It's never going to be your reality. So stop looking backwards. Like you have what is directly in front of you. It's the only thing that you're promised because you're definitely not promised a future. So like, why do people worry so much about that shit? bugs me i don't know i wonder like how we're gonna be when we're older i feel like i'm gonna be like my mom or just like you know what it is what it is yeah like it is what it is and like if you're lucky like me you have a shining personality that's gonna overcome any (laughs) kind of sagging (laughs) just like my mom i think that's how she gets through 
contagious optimism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know obviously we aren't at that point. So it's easy for us to sit here and say like, so, so what if you're a little saggy or, you, you know, you have some extra skin or like, you're not going to like, you get it, you're getting softer instead of harder. Like I did buy a, I bought some, like some face cream earlier. You've like, been talking about ago. getting a better face routine. I mean, going. like I'm, I am 32. Like really, we should probably start spending a little money on like, you know, higher end lotions and things. So I got, I got some with vitamin C and it has like kind of a citrus smell to it. It's like in a little, there's the thing about these facial lotions i didn't even want to ask how much that they come in a like a glass jar and it's small it's probably um i don't know the size of maybe like a lemon and it it's round it's like a lime it's small yeah so the first thing that's important is that the so it's yeah maybe lime or lemon size this the cap that screws off is one half of the vessel so it's like, all right, there goes 50% of the potential volume. And you, okay, all of these things that aside. you're saying, when you told me you bought that and I saw it, I was like, what a waste. So then you open it up and you, you're like, all right, so here's my, I have my half lemon size worth of facial cream. And you're like, what the hell, man? Because then you realize it's got this big ass ridge in it. And it's like the actual reservoir. And the glass is like an inch thick. Yeah, because the actual reservoir for the lotion is like it's, it's like basically like a thimble the worth. size it's like the size of a cherry <laughs> i'm like okay 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 what is this <laughs> i i'm not gonna ask you how much this is because i don't want to know with my spending anxiety but i also don't want to ask you right now because like i don't embarrass you oh it was only like i actually bought the cheaper one it was like forty dollars oh. But I'm telling you, <laughs> there's some shit in Sephora that's like $80. And I'm like, do you put it on with a Q-tip? Like, how do you make this last? I would only, like, I would be, oh. See, so yeah, maybe I just need to do the research and see if that stuff actually works. I'm yeah. sure it does to some degree. I'm sure there's some science in I there, mean, but... like, I mean, like, I actually do like the way it makes my skin feel, but I just I found the you packaging don't look hilarious. Better. Thank you, ass. <laughs> It's not about how I look. It's how I feel. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's got the placebo effect going, which is, yeah. But anyways, I just, I thought the container was really funny and I was like, man, they got me and it came in a box, which, it, which felt redundant. But anyways, um, yeah. So that's kind of it. I don't have any closing statements for this one. Sorry. Do you? Yeah, I just... I mean, you gave some a second ago. Yeah, I think I think I just... I don't want people to leave here and think, like, um, it's hopeless. Oh, it's not hopeless. Like, we see transformations, for lack of a better word, all the time. But it's not even transformations. It's, like, like literal life change. Oh, yeah. Like, not physical. Like, everything. It's like when people come in and they're... It's actually kind of funny... Uh, you know, when someone comes in and they're like, oh, I want to have abs by May or something. And it's like, I kind of get the impression that they're like a specific type of person. And I'm like, you know what? I guess, I think I'll just change your life instead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I've got somebody who's like, every time we talk, he's just like, so stoked that this, we've gone down this path that he didn't even know was here. Yeah. Cause like, not only is he like on his way, like, is he going to have abs by May? No, we're in May, but 
he like he's he's making tons more progress in the gym and like we don't talk about that shit anymore and it's yeah. like he didn't even realize that this this possibility existed because he came in with such a singular focus and it's like okay dude um let's blow this thing wide open and actually see what we can accomplish here and it's like it's just it's cool when you get someone to buy into the like the all-encompassing process because like his life is going to be different forever and i'm not Mm. taking credit i'm not like i'm not the one doing the work he like he had to be open-minded to even allow me to have this conversation with him because some people don't like Mm -hmm. they only want to talk about what they want to talk about and it's like all right i mean i can help you with that but like you know it could just could be more and so um yeah i fucking love that it it makes it like it makes it really a lot a lot more rewarding for me it's not about me it's about people Mm -hmm. Um, but that's kind of like, I mean, you think about some of your best clients that you've had for a year, like just think about them a year ago. And mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy to be like, wow, this person really has like completely overhauled their entire life in a way that they probably weren't even expecting. And that's kind of the cool part. Yeah. I love when someone's thing. been with me for like a year, even six months and they're like, you know what? I'm good. And I'm like, I love when I'm like, you are good. I'm happy to see you go. Yeah. Like go spend your money somewhere else yeah on face cream <laughs> it's you got a budget it's, for it it's just like it is it is cool when when people do change their whole lifestyle and i love that yeah but yeah so i guess there's just there are a lot of facets to change and a lot of determining factors to um your progress and but I guess the ultimate, the way to actually progress is to look at yourself um, and where you're at in the moment and where you can go based on what your capacity is. Yeah, and get and rid of expectation. For that. Yeah. Expectation leads, really leads to nothing but frustration. Mm-hmm. So you just, if you can get rid of, just get rid of that, then you can really have success. Um, I actually I had a client, I was going to say this earlier and then I forgot who recently got the vaccine. She's, she's struggled to lose some weight. Um, but she's still at it and just seeing a ton of other r- results in other areas. And the other day she had, she had gotten the vaccine. She was like, my arm is killing me. It's so sore. And then a couple of days later she goes, you know, it was crazy. I was taking painkillers for, for my arm. And I, when I went into my medicine cabinet, I realized I hadn't had to take a painkiller since we started, since I like overhauled my nutrition. Yeah. She's like, I used to take like Advil all the time. It's like, there you go. There you go. Yeah. That is amazing. I love hearing that. Like really cool. And like, that is huge. Like a lot of people walk around with like achy joints or pain and they change the nutrition and it helps a ton. Yeah. And that's, and that's just one example that isn't reflected in the mirror or on the scale. So that's just, that's just, that's a good closing story. Yeah. I love that. We'll leave it at that. All right. Well, thanks for listening again. Um, we hope you enjoyed it and we will talk to you again soon.